Welcome to St. Peter's Podcast for Lent 5. Our sermon today is given by our guest preacher, the Reverend Richard Witt, who is the Executive Director for Rural and Migrant Ministries. Rural and Migrant Ministries is a ministry that helps farm workers receive justice in terms of helping to advocate for changes in the law and for education of farm workers and accompaniment. Welcome to the St. Peter's Sermon Podcast. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O God, our Redeemer and Advocate. As a part of rural and migrant ministry, I've had the opportunity to travel across the state and visit many congregations. And I can say to you that in my travels, I keep hearing about the vitality of St. Peter's Henrietta. You have developed a remarkable reputation as a congregation where people are sharing God's presence. And I feel blessed to be in the midst of you this morning. I also want to take a moment and tell you something that I'm sure you already know. Your rector has the most wonderful way of inspiring others to live more faithfully. Julie's passion, creativity, and devotion are truly a gift from God, and I feel inspired every time I'm in her presence. This morning, I will seek to root myself in our reading from Jeremiah. Now, I know that it may be hard to remember all the way back to when that lesson was read, or perhaps you had something else on your mind, so let's hear a part of it again. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by their hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. But this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says that the Lord, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. I understand that a part, as a part of your Lenten journey, you have been living into the Lord's prayer, and that you have come to the part of thy will be done, to take the traditional language there. As I join you for a part of your journey, I want to talk about seeing God in the face of others. For I believe that this is a critical part of ensuring that we get to experience God's will being done. And that in turn is a critical part of the covenant that Jeremiah mentions. So let us begin, seeing God in the face of others. My aunt used to always say to me, I can't see your face behind all that hair. (laughs) When are you going to shave your face? Fortunately, I knew that as she chased me around her house with a razor blade, that she loved me. 
but I still ran. <laughs> How often do we look at someone and see something other than the possibility of God's presence? Allow me to share a few stories with you. A few days ago, I asked some of the members of our middle school youth program about whether we should invite a couple of new kids into the group. They were quiet for a while. And finally, I said, well. And one of the members said, ooh. When I asked what ooh was based upon, I got a very disjointed answer back that seemed to be based that the other person's appearance wasn't up to snuff. And that fact, everybody at the school agreed that they weren't up to snuff. The appearance of these girls was blocking our members reaching out and inviting them to be a part of our community. I had a similar experience a number of years ago when we took a group of farm workers to Albany. They had been invited to come and testify about working conditions in New York State. And they went and they did their presentation and they talked about uh, the working conditions and they talked especially about feeling excluded from life because New York has these laws that deny farm workers equal rights. You know, laws that afford the rest of us protections like the right to a day of rest, the right to overtime pay, the right to disability insurance. All of those are not given to farm workers in New York State because they're farm workers. And these farm workers talked about that sense that they weren't whole, that they weren't accepted because the law denied them equality. We then went after the testimony and met with an aide to a very powerful state senator. And the senator listened to the workers for a few moments and then he looked at them and he said, you know, the senator doesn't really care about farm workers because you don't have any political voice. Once again, the question comes up, is thy will being done? You may have heard this week that the famous black historian John Hope Franklin died. And there was an interview uh, that you may have heard this week with him on NPR in which he was talking about growing up. And he talked about a time that he was a Boy Scout. And you know, so he was, what, I think probably about 14 or so. And he said that it was really important as a new Boy Scout that they do something good for the community. And so he talked, it was almost stereotypical, he talked about hanging out on a street corner, waiting to help somebody across the street. And sure enough, a woman came along and she was blind. And she had a walking stick. And this was years ago, so they didn't have, you know, on the um, 
on the traffic lights, you know, sort of the uh, sound, you know, that tells you it's safe to go. And so he was standing there and he said, can I help you across the street? And she said, sure, that would be nice. And so he started to help her across the street. He took her arm and he led her across the street with the green light. And as they got halfway across the street, she said to him, are you black or are you white? And he said, I'm black. And she said, get your crappy hand off my arm and pulled her arm away. Thy will being done. It doesn't have to be just with the stranger. It can be among those that we care about, that we love, that we work with. It came home to me this past week as I was getting ready for a meeting with a colleague who was driving me up the wall. And as I got ready for this meeting, I had all of these, I had a list of things that I was annoyed about that I was going to, you know, confront him with, that I, um, you know, had boxed him into. And in the midst of that, I got thinking about, you know, because you, there has to be some consistency in your life when you're a preacher. You know, otherwise you get in trouble. In fact, I had a friend once whose father was a pastor in the middle of his preaching. Uh, some woman got up and stood and said, you are such a liar. So since I've heard that story, I've tried to have a consistency, which can be a little problematic. So as I'm getting ready for this meeting, and I start thinking about the fact that I've been working on the sermon about seeing the face of God in others, and I thought, am I seeing the face of God in this man that I'm about to meet with? Am I seeing the opportunity of God? Am I seeing the possibility of God? And I realized that no. I was not seeing the opportunity. I was only seeing the negativity. I was only seeing the, whatever the opposite of possibility is, dispossibility. It can get equally problematic when you're fighting for farm worker rights and you're going up against agribusiness or the Farm Bureau or nasty legislators about how you see the possibility of God in your enemy. In Jeremiah, God talks about a covenant, a covenant that talks about knowing God because our sinful ways have been forgiven. But how can we participate in the covenant when we keep blinding ourselves to God's presence? Our preaching professor in seminary said that a preacher always gets to the point where someone wants to shout out, all right, I hear what you're saying, but so what? Our world and our history is filled with our failure to see God in the face of others, of failing to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and our failure to love our neighbor as well. 
Thy will is not being done. Now, I don't know if you were like me, but it makes me feel like I'm missing out. And that becomes the so what part for me. I don't like missing out on a good thing. Like the glass is half empty, and I like to be a half full kind of guy. Find myself thinking of the lyrics of the U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I have climbed the highest mountain, I have run through the fields only to be with you, only to be with you. I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls, these city walls only to be with you. I have spoke with the tongue of angels, I have held the hand of evil, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Like the song I have searched for many years, I've had glimpses along the way. People who have been invigorating, inspiring, people who have touched me and nourished me. They have touched me in ways that have been unexpected, and I have taken those memories forward and fed off of their energy. If you are like me, you keep searching. When we get a glimpse of the holy through the faces of others, then God's presence, God's power, God's hope, God's peace becomes a part of our lives. And thy will be done. You too goes on to sing, I believe in the kingdom come then all the colors will bleed into one. Wasn't that what John Hope Franklin was yearning for? Isn't that what we are all yearning for? When we see God in the face of others, then a doorway opens for us to walk through. A doorway of opportunity. So here are three suggestions for opening the door. First, let us look into others' faces and our own and love ourselves and love our neighbor. Let us actively search for God in the faces of others, which means let us be patient and persistent. Those close to us, those we work with, those we go to school with, and those far away. I was struck about hearing about a meeting a while back in which a group of religious leaders were with a group of farm workers, and they had spent the day together. They had done some Bible study. They had visited some of the homes. They had visited some of the farm camps. It spent a real close day together, and at the end of the day, one of the farm workers said to those gathered around, do you think about us? And one of the religious leaders said, oh, of course we, th we think about you. And the farm worker looked back and said, do you really think about us? Do you think about us as you eat the food that we have helped harvested? Do you think about us when you leave us? Do we really think about the people whose faces we look at? So let us look 
let us really look into the faces of those about us. For God is present. God is present in each and every one of us. The second suggestion is to open up to new faces. You know, frankly, sometimes the faces about us can get a little boring. You know, and, you know, maybe a little same old, same old. And, you know, the peace to life, the pieces to life, think of a, a, a jigsaw puzzle, we need to reach out and find some of those missing pieces to give a fullness to our lives. I've been working with the past year with a small Episcopal church in the mountains of the Catskills. And when I first met these, this church, to give you a sense of this, maybe that rings true for some of your own vestry members, I sat in on a vestry meeting where the discussion was their Krispy Kreme donut sale as they were trying to figure out how to raise money to pay for the oil for the furnace. That gives you a sense of how struggling and small this parish is. Well, I was with them for a while, and finally one day came, a group came up to me and they said, we're really concerned about the youth across the street in the welfare motels. This is a very poor, struggling town. And there are a lot of welfare motels. Now, usually when somebody comes up to me and says something like that, it's sort of followed by, how do we get rid of them? But these folks are saying, how do we reach out to them? These kids have nothing to do. And so we talked and we began to put together a group of programs, including a choir, a youth choir, and a summer camp, and an ongoing leadership institute. And through that program, we got to know this young seventh grade girl, this young African-American girl named Cheyenne. And Cheyenne got really involved in the group, and, and she started going to the library outside of the group to do research about uh, an issue that we were studying. Nobody assigned it to her. Nobody asked her to do it. And she started uh, speaking out, and she joined the church, and she started coming every Sunday morning to the church, and she became a lay reader. And then this past uh, fall, uh, she got up and gave a speech to a gathering of 100 people. So in the midst of this remarkable young woman who's being touched, we hear from her that the principal wants to kick her out of school for being disruptive. So a group of church folk go to the school to meet the principal. And the principal holds up a sheet and says, look at how many times she's been suspended. Look at how many times she's gotten detention. She's number two in the school. She's a distraction. So... I said to Cheyenne, I said, Cheyenne, what's going on? Cheyenne said, some of the kids have threatened to kill me. I'm scared. So I hang out in the hallway until the bell has rung and all the kids are in the classroom and then I run to get to the classroom and I always get there late. So we said to the principal, 
do you understand what this girl's life is like outside of, of school? Do you know that she recently gave a speech? Do you know that she's a member of this program? Do you know that she's a valuable part of the church? And the principal said, no, I didn't know that. And we said, do you think that you could tell Mrs. Smith, who seems to be giving her the most attentions, about this? And he said, yes, I'll do that. A month later, we found out that Cheyenne had been named student of the month in the school. Now that was wonderful for Cheyenne, but I can't tell you what the impact was in the church that one of their members had been named student of the month. When we open ourselves up to new faces, we open ourselves up to new possibilities and to inspiration of God's touch. Thy will be done. Finally, I want to hold up above and beyond looking into others' faces and opening ourselves to new faces. I want to hold up moving beyond our comfort level and becoming active in our faith. And I'll finish up with a story. It's a wonderful story that you may have heard about a man who got cancer. He was a Mexican man. He had beautiful hair. And through the chemotherapy treatment, he lost his hair. And he was at the hospital, and it was getting time to come home, back to the community. He lived in an apartment building. And he was really nervous about going home for a variety of reasons, but one of the main reasons was he didn't want to go back home and have everybody laugh at him because he had lost his hair. And his wife said to him, Miguel, it'll be all right. Our neighbors and our family will not notice that you have lost your hair. And he said, right. He said, no, no, you need to trust them. So before, the day before she came, he came home, she went back and uh, she was with all the friends and the family and they were all uh, asking how Miguel was doing and, and they were getting ready for the party for Miguel to come back. And she told them about Miguel's fear. And they all began to talk and, about that and what they could do. And the day went on, and the next day Miguel came home, and he drove up to the apartment building, and he got out of the car, and his children, teenage children, were there at the doorway, and they were bald. And he walked into the party with everybody there, and all of his neighbors and all of his family were bald. And he paused, and he broke down in tears, and they broke down in tears, and then there was a huge group hug. I know that when we reach out, when we move beyond our comfort level, we find new opportunities. And in this Lent, when we are in the midst of the desert, finding new ways to be in life, 
can't be beat. So how does God's will get done on earth as it is in heaven? God promises us through the covenant held up in Jeremiah that we shall know him, that we shall know her. For to know the Lord is to feel God's hope. So as we go forward today, let us look into the faces actively looking for God. Let us search for new faces to find God. Let us keep on looking beyond our own comfort level. For the door shall be opened and the power of God's covenant shall be felt. Amen.